Hello, and welcome to Insurance Insights, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in the insurance industry through the lens of some of its leading experts. I am Mary Ellen Harn, and this episode features highlights from the findings of our 2020 World Insurance Report. Recently, we revealed the findings of the report, and one of the most striking findings from the report was that the millennial mindset is no longer just for millennials. Today, we're going to talk about what this means for the insurance industry. And joining me, our highly acclaimed insurance industry social media influencer, Steve Tunstall, and Elias Ganim, Global Head of Market Intelligence for Capgemini Financial Services. Welcome to both of you. And Steve, can you start with sharing a bit about yourself? Well, thanks, Mary Ellen. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, my background's quite complicated. It's quite fun that this is about millennials because I sometimes say I'm the oldest millennial you'll ever meet. Uh, I've had something like seven careers and about 20 jobs. I have about five jobs at the moment. I'm the co-founder and CEO of an insurtech here in Singapore. Um, I sit on the board of about seven different insurance links uh, securities companies. Um, I'm the co-founder and general secretary of a, uh, a not-for-profit for risk managers across Asia. And I do consultancy work as a risk manager for something like seven or eight of the largest MNCs in Asia as well. So, so I keep myself busy. I do lots of different things. I'm trying to have a blended career. So if some of that falls by the wayside, I've still got some income streams to, to fall back on. So hello, millennials. Hi, Steve. That was really an impressive background, and thank you for joining us. Elias, can you talk a little bit about yourself and what you do at Capgemini? Hi, Marilyn, and hi, Steve. Great to have you with us, Steve, today. So I run the market intelligence team at Capgemini, and our main function is really to bring in the outside-in perspective. We are here to find out what is happening in the world within a given sector and to structure it through a report and share that with our clients and partners. Before that, I had a fintech background as well as a payment background at Visa and at PayPal. Well, thank you, Elias and Steve, for sharing your backgrounds. This should be a really interesting and insightful discussion. So let's just jump right in. One of the key messages of the new World Insurance Report is the erosion of the digital divide across the age groups. What do you mean when you say digital divide? And what implications will this have on the insurance industry? Um, Elias, let's start with you. So in fact, when we started the report, we were thinking that the millennial were a specific generation. And based on that, we could drive a segmentation. A millennial is this and that and behave this way and that way. And what we quickly realized that millennial is more a mindset, a way to interact with others. And that is not for only the younger population, the one born after 19, uh, whatever is the age for the millennial. But it's really a mindset that is across all ages. And the main message of the report, that's why we said millennial, is a mindset transcending age. So when it comes to the implication for the insurance industry is, in fact, it's a new way of doing the segmentation. It's not the millennial on one side and the other on the other. It's more a segmentation based on habits as well as uh, social media engagement. Steve, what do you think about this? Would you agree? Uh, yes, I mean, I think it's been a, there's been a huge change. I mean, my, my perspective is a little different, I guess, because I've lived in Asia for 25 years, mostly in Singapore and Hong Kong. 
Um, uptake of digital devices in Asia has been world leading. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I would say that the only digital divide I've seen for the last five or six years is that people who are alive are using digital devices and people who are dead less so, I believe. Um, I go on the train every day here in Singapore. Everybody has a device, literally everybody, from the smallest children to the oldest uncles and aunties on the train. They all have digital devices. So for me, there is no longer a digital divide. I think the implications for the insurance industry are absolutely profound. I don't think the insurance industry has kept up with this at all, particularly around where I live and the, the areas of the world I'm familiar with. Um, and I think that'll be a, an interesting topic for us to explore later on. Thank you, Steve. So now let's turn a little bit to customer trust because it's one of the key strengths of traditional firms and traditional channels. But customers' willingness to purchase insurance from non-traditional firms is rising fast. Can you speak about the change in this trust equation and its impact? Let's start with Steve on this one. Yeah, so I, I, again, I'm bringing my Asian perspective to this one because I've, you know, I live and I'm based here. And um, uh, it's a really mixed bag when you look across the, uh, the region. Um, there are some cities and countries where traditional firms and channels are very well embedded in the uh, in the insurance space, uh, and they've had a, a long time and a good track record. You get uh, good quality intermediaries, uh, so on and so forth, and established channels. But in many other parts of the region, um, insurance is something new. Uptake is very low. In Malaysia, for example, the penetration of insurance with SME companies is less than 6%. And that's according to the uh, uh, the governor of the Bandagar, Malaysia. So, so a lot of this is down to education in this region and this part of the world. And there's a lot of issues with trust. Um, actually, there's a lot of problems still in this part of the world with agents and other intermediaries misrepresenting what insurance can do and mis-selling. And that's caused a lot of problems historically. So one of the things that digital may well bring is, uh, is a little more trust and a little more transparency. That's a fascinating perspective. You re don't realize how things are, are perceived in different parts of the world in terms of trust and, and what's happened in the industry. Elias, let's turn to you now with um, what's happening with the rest of the world in terms of customer trust. Well, I really like the, the divide that Steve has done between the mature market and the more, uh, the more emerging one. And this is something that we are observing across the world, not about mature market and uh, emerging one, but more about mature population and uh, a younger one, as well as more interactive. And traditional consumers or traditionally consumers would go to their broker or they would go to their bank insurance advisor and they will get the advice and then they will sign the contract, potentially pay on the spot and leave the, the place with, with the policy engaged. And so they would seek the advice and the engagement and the purchase and the complaint later on in a face-to-face -face interaction uh, from their broker. The younger approach or the younger population approach is really to be much more interactive and seek advice as well as purchase in their surrounding, being their personal surrounding or being their social media surrounding. And more and more what we are seeing is people acting on their own be, uh, belief to engage with the insurance. So 
the trust is moving away from the traditional advisor into my own network. And the implication of that is that there is an opportunity for the new players to come to play. And that's where the insure tech are stepping in because they know their customers based on the data they collect. And of course, is the big tech, the uh, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Tencent, Alibaba, that are stepping in because they know quite well each one of their customers. And for me, the best example about somebody who's stepping quite well from a traditional approach to a more digital one and keeping the trust is Pingan in China, close to you, Steve, where Pingan being a very traditional uh, player realized that the Chinese customer is, is evolving fast and has transformed their business model to become a digital player and be close to their customer and keep the trust that they had. But is it fair to say that traditional channels in some aspects will still be there, they'll still be relevant for some, some customers and that there's really sort of two things happening at once? Um, there is obviously the increasing use of digital channels, but there's also agents and brokers are still there. Um, how can we interpret the fact that both are happening at the same time to some degree? Because I don't think it's completely all digital yet. Um, Steve, do you agree with this or do you have any opinion on this? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a huge issue here with uh, not only the maturity of the customer, but the segmentation of the sorts of products that they're buying. I mean, in quite a lot of markets now, it's, it's relatively straightforward to buy semi-commoditized or commoditized products through digital channels and to compare those products fairly quickly and easily. So if we're talking about motor or travel or car insurance uh, generally, uh, house insurance, and, and some of the other products that individuals buy, it's very easy to get a, a comparable uh, between different, uh, different solutions that are available. As you start to move to more complicated products for individuals, for example, life insurance, it's much harder to get that comparison easily. And then when we move into the corporate sector, which is where I play, where you've got a lot of differences between individual companies and their needs, I don't think the um, digital sector has made significant inroads as yet. It may do in time, but at this stage, for those more complicated risks, there's definitely still at this point a significant role for agents and brokers to, to handhold hand the inexpert customer through the whole process. Elias, do you agree? Well, big time, I agree. And I would, I would add a little bit also of emotions, in fact. What we have noticed through the study is consumers are not saying, I'm dropping 100% the physical interaction only to go digital. To your point earlier on, Marilyn, it's not all digital. It's almost quite digital. But what we have noticed is a consumer need to have the right balance between the emotional interaction and the digital efficiency. And that's where there is an opportunity for both to play together and as a challenge or an opportunity for the traditional players to build and to maintain the emotional connect while turning more and more digital to reduce cost and increase efficiency when it comes to engaging with the customers. So you really could say that customers are preferring an omni-channel experience. They, they still want that interaction with the agent and broker, especially for very complex insurance needs. But, um, but the digital is, is rising in terms of its, its, its uh, presence in the whole experience. 
So, so this is indicating to me that customers' expectations are increasing dramatically in terms of engaging with their insurance firm. If you were insurer, what would you do to match this evolving customer expectation? So Steve, you could be the insurer first. Well, I think uh, the, the whole thing about having an om omni-channel experience is, is, is critical. And it's, and it's being driven by other experience that customers have in, in other sectors and other segments. I mean, if you want to watch something on Netflix, you can watch it on your phone, you can watch it on your TV, you can watch it with your family, you can watch it on the train. All these, these ways of accessing this information are much, much easier now than they ever have been before. Um, my feeling is that actually the whole of the financial services sector, not only insurance, is lagging well behind on this. It's still extremely difficult to to reach out to uh, um, organizations if you don't have a personal contact. If you don't already know someone's email address or phone number, trying to work your way through the web of complex uh, phone um, you know, pachinko machines is, is really hard. You're trying to work out which numbers you should press next and so on and so forth. And I think generally this is an issue with financial services. Phone companies, telcos are generally pretty poor as well, but um, financial services is generally a bit of a standout in, in not being able to provide a seamless service to, uh, to, to customers. Certainly that's, that's, that's my view. Elias, what's your view? To add to what Steve has said, for me, I'm trying to summarize what uh, I would do if I were an insurer, is I would exponentially increase my uh, interaction tools, being my chatbot, being my agent, give them the tools to interact better, and of course, my website and my app. That's one, from an interaction perspective. Second, I will use the data that I have not only for risk purpose, but for engagement purpose, to understand who is my customer, what is in which uh, stage of his life is he, and what would be the next move for them. And third, I would try to be uh, across all the value chain of engaging with them and digitalizing everything, allowing an end-to-end -end experience to be either end-to-end -end digital or uh, mixed with uh, presence. What we are noticing today, and we've seen it extremely badly during the COVID, is all traditional players still need at some time a paper to be signed or a face-to-face -face interaction. So the, the digital value chain is not complete, is broken, while the whole new players, big tech and insurtech, are able to fully digitalize the process. The opportunity for the insurer is to be able to be at par with the insurtech while adding the interaction through their network of face-to-face -face brokers. So, so what I'm hearing now from what you're saying is that it's really all about experience and experience-led engagement. I mean, the uh, insurers have the opportunity to interact with customers and providing them options through many different channels, but it comes down really to experience-led engagement. And that seems to be the way forward for insurance firms to win customers. So my last question today is, what would be your recommendations for insurance firms to provide an experience-led engagement? And Steve, let's start with you. I think the key is, do you want to keep this customer long-term or not? And again, it comes down to the sort of product line that you're in. Um, perhaps it's going to be a challenge anyway to keep a, a motor customer or someone like that. But for a 
slightly more uh, sophisticated line where there's less churn, you really need to have those triggers of engagement with the customer as you go through the policy period. Otherwise, that customer is not going to be thinking of you as the insurer when it comes around time for renewals. Um, and Alias has already touched on several of the ways you can do that. Uh, but but you know, adding to that, I think you know, from that insurance perspective, you've got to work out what are what are the critical things my customer is looking for from me, and how can I help him think through what the what the future will look like in a way that you build that bond and trust over the period of the policy. And Elias, do you agree? What would you add? Well, I agree a lot. In fact, Steve uh, hit it very well. In the research that we have done, we asked the customers, what do you want from your insurer? And they really came up with very strict, very straightforward sentence, and I'm gonna, which I'm going to give you some of them. This, one of them said, everything around me has changed. I want products suiting my current needs. So I want you to understand where do I stay, what do I do, how is my environment, am I married, have children, employed, unemployed, gig economy, or uh, uh, in a working for an organization. I am a urban, suburban, or rural, and help me identify what I need right now. And then I need you to think, another one told us, I need you to think about me as a consumer. I need to pay as I use. I want to see my insurance as a utility. We've heard a lot about people during this COVID crisis who said, hey, I left my car at home for two, three months. Why do I need to pay the premium? Help me with that, also be next to me. And, and then after that, somebody else said, hey, unusual things are happening in my life. Meet my expectation when interacting, processing, delivering the right outcome. That means about a claim processing, about a question raising, don't keep me waiting uh, on the line and be proactive with me. And overall, to summarize that, consumers have said a lot in the last uh, few months is, I am in pain, I am in distress, be next to me, care for me, show me that you are next to me because I've been paying my premium and I need to see that you know me a lot. And for me, this is exactly the, the opportunity to become an experience-led engagement insurer where I anticipate my customer's behavior because I have the right data, internal and external data, and I proactively reach out to him or to her with the right answer. That's really interesting, Elias and, and, and Steve, for your insights in this podcast today, but let's just wrap up now. Do you have any final thoughts on the future of the customer engagement model for the industry? So, Steve, would you like to start? Any final thoughts? Well, I think the, the critical thing the insurance industry needs to remember is it's actually not that important. And it's also not, it shouldn't be internalizing these issues all the time. It isn't a case of insure tech versus insurer or traditional or channel competition, et cetera, et cetera. The whole world has changed and it's changing really fast to become much more digital in every aspect. We've only got to look at the, S&P 500, and I was reading something the other day where you can pick any one of the big tech companies, Amazon, Google, Apple, and they're now bigger on their own than all the companies in the S&P 100 for the petrochem industry, for example. The world has changed extremely quickly. The insurance industry, if it wants to keep up, has to fit with what the customers need and what the customers desire. 
If they don't, someone else will. One of the Amazons, Googles, or Facebooks, they'll take over the mantle of interfacing with the customer. And we all know where the margins will go. It'll go to that intermediary that's managing the customer. And if the insurers are not careful, they'll essentially end up as dumb pipes and providers of, of capacity. We're not there yet, but that's the gloomy future for the insurance industry, unless it can really pick its game up. Elias, your final thoughts? I'll try to make it a bit more uh, optimistic, though I fully, I fully agree with, uh, unfortunately, the, the landscape today. But I would like to make it in three key messages. It's really about frictionless experience. Remove the friction end-to-end, and you will better engage with the customer. My second point is about digital. Have an end-to-end digital experience and allow the customer to pick and choose. Does he want to go full face-to-face, full digital, or jump with no friction again from one to another. So make it very digital. And my last point is make it data-driven engagement. It's all about the data. The main power of the new players is not the knowledge of the, 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 the business. It's the data. And they can gain the knowledge by connecting to other players. But the data is what makes them highly relevant to the consumer. So for me, the the last point is become a data-driven organization to align with the millennial mindset customer, being a younger or an older one, but the millennial mindset require you to be next to him whenever he needs you 24 by 7 and highly personal. Well, thank you, Stephen Elias, for joining me and sharing your insights today. It has been a fascinating discussion. To our listeners, if you found this podcast informative, please subscribe to our Insurance Insights podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other major podcast apps. For more podcasts from Capgemini Financial Services, please also subscribe to our Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast. We'll be back with a new episode. And in the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the World Insurance Report 2020. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.